0: Greetings, Internet. I'm John Bailey, and welcome to This Is Your Life, Charlie Brown, the retrospective series where I'll be breaking down every film and TV special from the Peanuts franchise. And that'll start with 1965's A Charlie Brown Christmas. Since I was a kid, my family and I have loved the Peanuts. I still have comic collections that my grandfather owned. We bought the VHS tapes and eventually the DVDs for each special as they come out. And the 2015 Blue Sky movie is still one of my favorite movies of all time. But where did this half a century spanning franchise come from? To find that out, we have to go back before the strips premiere in 1950 to its creator, Charles Schultz. Charles Schultz had been drawing since he was a kid, even having one of his drawings featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not. His dog Spike would eat pins, tacks, and even razor blades. After serving in the U.S. Army during World War II, he returned to his home in Minneapolis, where he got various art jobs from lettering a Roman Catholic magazine to becoming an art teacher. In 1947, he started a one-panel comic series called Lil Folks for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. And that featured a character named Charlie Brown and a dog that shared early designs with Snoopy. Schultz submitted Little Folks to United Features Syndicate the company who manages the syndication of comic strips in newspapers across the United States. This company also attained the rights to Ripley's Believe It or Not starting in 1989. United Feature Syndicate showed interest, but took more interest in multi-panel strips compared to Little Folks' one-panel strips. It didn't help that another cartoonist had a trademark to his comic strip named Little Folks. Uh, Schultz's was L-I-L-apostrophe, whereas this guy had L-I-T-T-L-E from the 1930s, and Schultz's strip name wasn't different enough to not infringe on the trademark. A manager at United Futures Syndicate decided on the name Peanuts based on the kids seated in the peanut gallery on the Howdy Doody show. As big as Peanuts got, Schultz hated the title, since it didn't have any real relation to the strip. There's even an anecdote about him asking a newsstand employee if any of the papers in his town carried peanuts, to which the seller replied, No, we don't have any popcorn either. Which proved to Schultz that it was a terrible title. The only reason he never changed the title was all the licensing issues that doing so would entail. After premiering in papers on October 2, 1950, Peanuts became a juggernaut in newspaper comics, starting in seven newspapers before peaking at 2,600 newspapers, mainly thanks to collected editions. The series was already selling licensed toys by 1958 and appearing on other merchandise throughout the 1960s. Even before the Christmas special, animated segments featuring the characters were appearing on the Tennessee Ernie Ford show, and a documentary about Schultz and the Strip was planned by producer Lee Mendelssohn. Despite the popularity of the Strip and interest from advertisers, no network wanted to air the special. However, around that time, Mendelssohn was commissioned to make a Christmas special for Coca-Cola, and since the team behind the documentary already had a working relationship, they shifted to working on the Christmas special. So, after 55 years, how does the first outing by the Peanuts Gang hold up? Better than you'd think. The main thing you have to overcome is the cheapness of the special. The animation is stilted and hasn't aged all that well. There's also points where the audio will clip or spike. From a technical standpoint, the special is pretty bad. Thankfully, the other aspects of the special more than make up for how cheap it looks. That's the real charm of this special. The kids providing the voices are perfect fits for each character, and the writing is practically timeless. Even during this rewatch, I found myself laughing at the gags just naturally. Really, the one gag that hasn't aged well is the real in sign on Lucy's psychiatrist booth, since that was a specific gag that was timely for 1965, but doesn't make sense if you watch it now. Even with a few dated gags, the writing here deals with issues we see in Christmas specials to this day. The commercialization of Christmas. Charlie Brown can't get into the holiday spirit already, and all he sees around him, even from his own dog and his sister, is people wanting money and presents. He sees it even further after becoming the director of the school play. If you can call them just dancing around to and Lucy a school play. The kids want a big, gaudy, pink aluminum tree, and when he comes back with the only living tree on the lot, a wimpy little sapling that constantly drops its needles, they chastise him for it. It takes Linus quoting from the Gospel of Luke for everyone to see past the veneer of the commercial Christmas and remember the main reason for the holiday. Jesus. As iconic as this scene is, it Pretty much is the only time religion is referenced in peanut specials, as future Christmas specials never really bring up Jesus again. And the Easter special focuses more on the eggs and the Easter bunny side of the holiday than the religious side. One thing the special set as a precedent that you see in pretty much every special and film onward is that kids are all voiced by child actors. In a medium where kids are usually voiced by adults, even now kids' roles tend to be voiced by adult actors, the Peanuts kids have pretty much always been voiced by child actors. So while this means there is a constantly rotating cast list since the kids will age out of their roles, it keeps them sounding like kids every time. For being over half-century old, this special has managed to hold the test of time, and even now will be re-aired during the holiday season. While the crew behind the special expected it to be an abject failure, with many who saw it thinking it was awful, thankfully, uh, Time television critic Richard Bergheim gave the special a positive review, calling it a children's special this season that bears repeating. Upon airing on CBS, it ranked number two that night behind Bonanza, and received unanimous praise from critics, as well as the Emmy for Outstanding Children's Program the next year. This massive success led CBS to order four more specials. But next time won't be holiday-related. No, next time we'll be covering Charlie Brown's favorite pastime, baseball, in Charlie Brown's All-Stars. Until then, thanks for listening.